This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. It was the prophet Isaiah who recorded, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If you've been a Christian for more than a few days, you know that the prophet Isaiah was right. Often God shows up and shows out in the most unlikely of circumstances. He does this specifically to prove to us that only he can deliver us. This is precisely what God means to prove to Gideon and to Israel, and we learn about it today on our podcast from Judges chapter 7. Look with me if you would please in verse 2. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many troops for me to hand the Midianites over to them or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I saved myself. Judges 7 records for us the improbable victory of 300 Israelite soldiers under the unlikely leader Gideon over the mighty Midianite army. We learn that the Midianites had essentially swept into the land and taken over. Remember in the previous chapter that these are pillagers that had made hiding places in the mountains, caves, and strongholds, and they would steal and destroy the Israelites' crops and possessions. The pilfering had become so bad that the people were starving for food. All of this was due to the first verse of Judges 6, which reads, The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord handed them over to Midian for seven years, and they oppressed Israel. When the Lord found the improbable leader of this army of Judges 7, he's hiding in in a wine press, threshing grain, so that the Midianites would not come and steal it. After some pretty convincing assurances from God and a test of his own resolve to follow God by destroying his own father's altar— albeit under the cover of darkness, Gideon is now ready to assemble the force that destroyed the Midianites. But we learn something about God in this chapter. God would have to cull this group of summoned soldiers for their victory only he could accomplish through them. Remember that this nation's force was pretty incalculable. The writer says that their camels alone were as the sands of the seashore, an obvious hyperbole to illustrate the massive nature of this invasion. And now, in human terms, it would stand to reason that Gideon would need every one of the 32,000 soldiers who had enlisted to fight with him. But God had other plans. You see, God knew that lurking behind their fear would be a pride that would cause them to believe that they were the ones who had delivered themselves. And so rather than training these troops for battle, God instead seems intent on sending most of them home. God had Gideon announce to the soldiers that they might as well just go home if they're afraid. Well, when he did this, two-thirds of his army left. 
when he is left with just about 10,000 men, God has Gideon again divide the men between those who drink water from the river like a dog and those who kneel to drink. Now, whatever the reason for this, it's evident that God seems insistent that the odds of this battle look absolutely ludicrous. I mean, what does drinking water from a creek have to do with your capability as a soldier? Well, I'm not sure I know, but what I do know for sure is that God wanted the odds ridiculously stacked against him. When the evacuation subsides, Gideon is left with 300 dudes against an army of trained soldiers whose camels alone can't be counted. Now God is clearly up to something here. Remember, this is a people who have continually drifted away from the power that was demonstrated by their God. They have obviously forgotten the capabilities of a God who could deliver them from Egypt with such passion and force. Their God could bring them through a sea and provide for their every need as their trust in him languished in the desert. And then that God would give them the land by actually placing fear into the hearts of the people. This fear would be echoed here as Gideon spends the night before the battle on a recon mission behind enemy lines. And as he listens, he hears the Midianites confess their fear of Gideon and his army. You mean the coward up on the ridge with 300 troops? Well, when Gideon heard this, his heart must have been tremendously encouraged. The following day, 300 soldiers armed with pitchers and trumpets give these Midianites a wake-up call like they'd never experienced. I mean, can you imagine the amazement of Gideon's soldiers after their ridiculous obedience incited these very men to stumble out of their tents intent on killing each other? I mean, indeed, God had done something miraculous here. A lesson that sadly would fall on deaf ears to a people whose hearts had been drawn away from the God who delivered them. Now, as we seek to apply these truths, there are several things to learn here. The first lesson we know is that God often backs himself into a corner to prove to you that only he can deliver you. This is how faith is developed as we learn to trust God and his often peculiar ways with higher and higher stakes. We come to find a God whose power is infinitely more significant than the odds that are stacked up against him. Think of all the stories of this in the Old Testament. The water on the altar for Elijah, the Red Sea crossing, even the death of Lazarus. All of these stories point to a God who is perfectly comfortable with stacking the deck against himself just to prove the power that he has that is never too late and has never been found wanting for the ability to accomplish his purposes in our lives. Trusting God amid the foolishness of these odds is the actual test of faith, isn't it? Do we believe that God can accomplish even this? This was the question Jesus asked Mary after he told her that he was the resurrection and the life. Remember, he asked her, do you believe this? I mean, this, this is the question for each of us. And this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to our faith and our obedience. Do we really believe that God can deliver even when the situation seems totally hopeless? 
And when the stakes get higher and higher and higher and higher, God is growing our faith as we obediently trust him that he can deliver. I'm sure Gideon, who also had a propensity for fear, must have asked God, have you done the math on this? I mean, it can be tempting to think logically when it comes to these things. I mean, I got 300 guys against thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. But often, our logic is antithetical to the radical faith in which God calls us to walk. A related idea is that God has little time for those who walk in fear rather than faith. Remember, God told Gideon to send the scared folk home. If they were fearful, they would never have stood with Gideon with a trumpet in one hand and a flashlight in the other, expecting to defeat a mighty army. Sometimes, catch this, our fear precludes us from seeing just what incredible things God can do for those who walk by faith. I mean, can you imagine being sent home before this victory because of your fear? What might you have been thinking when you realized what Gideon and those men did to that army? I think I would have kicked myself for being too scared to trust God's instructions. A third truth that I see here is that God often culls the crowd through unconventional means. I have no idea why God would separate those who drank from the river like dogs and those who knelt down at the river to drink. But maybe that's the point. God doesn't select the bravest, the wisest, the strongest, the most cunning. He knows who will fight for him and who will not. And he often uses the most peculiar of circumstances in our lives to expose those who will fight for him and those who will not. The key here is Gideon's willingness to comply with God's demands. It's his obedience. He might have been tempted to raise the eyebrow at God and say, are you sure all of this is necessary? But that's not in the text. All we read is just faithful complicity with God's instructions. And as leaders, we should recognize that God's timelines and God's directives may not fit within our cadre of wisdom. God's ways are always higher and more extraordinary, but they may appear to us often unconventional and even a little unnerving. The final truth here that I see is the test of leadership. Gideon's instructions in verse 17 are very telling. Watch me, he said to them, and do what I do. And when I come to the outpost of the camp, do as I do. Gideon was not about to ask these men to do something that he was unwilling to do himself. He led them into obedience and victory. I think this is incredibly significant. Gideon showed them what faith looked like in his own life first. Now this, this is what a leader endeavors to accomplish, to live a life that motivates and inspires those within his ranks to follow his example of faith. And it has to start with those who lead. That's kind of the point. If we're to be leaders who embody the faith of Gideon, it will often involve ludicrous obedience and vigilant courage. God will bring victory to those who can walk this road. Let's close together. Father, help us. Thank you for the incredible example of Gideon. Help us to live out in our own lives the obedience and courage to follow you that Gideon emulates when the odds are not in our favor. 
Help us to remember that when you seem insistent on winnowing them even further, that you're up to something bigger than we understand. And help us, Lord, to trust you and obey you, believing that like Gideon, we will find you faithful and we will be victorious. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For the show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Have a great weekend. Join us on Monday as together we help you learn to read your Bible.